Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young onset Parkinson's called Rebound. If you know someone with Parkinson's or... You know nothing about Parkinson's. You will want to read Brian's story. Order your copy on Amazon or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader? Audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. The dysfunction of the Philadelphia 76ers has dominated the headlines since the start of NBA training camp, but it's almost as if the Brooklyn Nets said, hold my beer. I know that we've been hit with such a barrage of never-before-seen, never-before-heard events over the last few years that we've become numb, not even phased when something skips over the guardrails. It's a survival instinct, I think. We've learned not to flinch at the punches because we've absorbed so many. But holy shnikes! The insanity surrounding this Kyrie Irving situation has gone next level. The latest is that the Nets are undecided about whether they will be okay with him only playing games outside of New York if he opts to remain unvaccinated. Followed by reports about the millions of dollars he will lose if he only plays... 39 games, which would be the number of games that he would play outside of the Nets' home games and the games against the Knicks. As if this is a reasonable, realistic course of action. It's not. It's not the least bit rational. It's not something that should even be considered. Unless the Nets are counting on the statute to be rescinded at some point before the end of the season. But that's a completely different thing. Because if it's not, it would mean that he'd also have to miss all their home playoff games. Or if they were to get matched up with the Knicks, the entire series. 
Well, technically, could the Nets make that choice? Sure. It's their team. They can do whatever they want. But realistically, I was under the impression that the Nets had their eyes set on winning a championship this year. I'm pretty sure that Kevin Durant and James Harden do. And let's be perfectly clear. They're not winning a championship with Kyrie Irving playing only outside of New York. And I'm going to go a step further. They're not winning if Kyrie is on the roster. Because the damage has been done. Kyrie could get the vaccine tomorrow and it wouldn't matter. He's an absolute wild card. The Nets have no idea what he's going to do next. When he's going to be available. When he's going to need a mental health day. When he's going to decide that the world is just too effed up for him to play basketball. That's what I mean about being numb to things we've never seen or heard before. Kyrie literally said he couldn't concentrate on basketball because he was focused on helping humanity. It's a noble stand if he took a page from the late Pat Tillman who quit the NFL to join the armed services because he wanted to serve his country. He thought that was more important. Kyrie's got a slightly different goal, so he'd have to quit playing in the NBA and join the Peace Corps or Amnesty International. But playing a game and then stepping to the podium and saying, I really am not up for answering your questions about basketball because I'm worried about the world, is so childish and self-absorbed it's laughable. What the hell were you doing for the last two and a half hours but playing basketball? How was that aiding the suffering overseas that you just can't get off your mind? And I get the sense there are Kyrie fans who are actually co-signing all of this virtue signaling. Or at least not calling it out for the sanctimonious charade that it has become. Including a couple of Kyrie fans named James Harden, Kevin Durant, Steve Nash, Sean Marks, and Joe Sy. And that's the biggest problem. It's way past time for someone from the Nets to let Kyrie know where they stand. Rather than twisting in the wind, waiting to find out what Kyrie decides he's going to do. It's way past time for someone from the Nets to say he can either join them or they're moving on without him. The fact that no one has points up perhaps the greatest flaw the Nets have and the biggest obstacle to them winning a title. And that's a leadership vacuum. Sean Marks isn't operating with a free hand as a GM. He was co-opted the minute KD and Kyrie said they were on board if he also signed DeAndre Jordan. Steve Nash is in his second year as a head coach and does not have the championship experience as a player that either KD or Kyrie have. How is he going to tell them what they need to do to win it all? Why should they listen? The Warriors' championship aspirations are not nearly on the same level as the Nets, yet they resolved their situation with Andrew Wiggins. And understand this, Draymond Green may not have told Wiggins what to do or told us that he did not tell Wiggins what to do. But you can rest assured the rest of the organization made it clear to Andrew what his options were. Get vaccinated or we're moving on without you. The Wizards haven't done that with Bradley Beal, but quite frankly, who cares? The Wizards are in major rebuilding mode. That's not the Nets. They're in go mode. 
And anyone who thinks a championship can be won with that kind of uncertainty surrounding one of the team's primary players has no idea what it takes to win an NBA championship. The examples of supremely talented teams being undercut by inner turmoil or lack of leadership is a long one. You could probably name one team every year that had the talent to go to the finals, yet fell short, sometimes way short. The 2018 Rockets, the 2016 Thunder, the 04 Lakers, the Bubble Clippers, the 99 Blazers, last year's 76ers. I don't know whether it's the bubble, the introduction of load management, maybe it's LeBron's history of creating some disruption or drama and still winding up in the finals when he was in his prime. Whatever the reason, there's this idea now that players playing together and developing chemistry and going through collective hardships isn't necessary if you have enough of the right talent. I get the sense that a large contingent of fans believe that. Fans who love the NBA, but I'm guessing don't actually watch games. They just catch highlights and they like talking smack on social media, which is great for the NBA, great for me. It's entertaining. But it doesn't mean that they really understand like the history of the game or what it takes to win. I also think there's a big fantasy element to this. The look at teams being built simply through statistics, big names doesn't work that way we've got proof positive time and time and time and time again because the speed of the game requires split second decisions split second reads where the five players on the floor are all reading the situation the same way or at least two key ones are but really it takes all of them because it takes you to be able to get the ball and to make that split second play think back to the finals and some of the plays that were made that were the pivotal plays that allowed the, the Bucks to ultimately win it. That was a collective thing. It takes familiarity. And most of all, it takes trust. Don't think for a minute that when a player can't be trusted to show up, that he can't be trusted on the court. It doesn't work that way. Players are creatures of habit. Having a routine and sticking to it religiously is what allows them to have the laser focus for two plus hours moving 100 miles an hour, where a brain cramp results in a pass flying out of bounds or an opponent getting a wide open layup. Guys are thrown off by playing at noon when they're used to 7.30 tip-offs. The Thunder were derailed for an entire season by finding out the franchise was moving from Seattle to Oklahoma City shortly before training camp. The Sacramento Kings were distracted for years with rumors that the franchise might be moving elsewhere. Precision, repetition, attention to detail, those aren't just talking points. They are what makes the difference in how far a team goes. Now, with the increase in iso ball, some teams have been able to survive or even flourish to a certain degree in spite of a lack of collective familiarity and routine. But I've yet to see a team win a title without it. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? 
Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I half admire Kyrie's audacity to say that he doesn't want to be a distraction and wants to do things the right way and handle it with his team going forward and have a plan. That's what he said via Zoom on the media day that he couldn't attend with the Nets because of the protocol. But when Kyrie refers to his team, let's be clear, he's not talking about the Nets. He's talking about his associates his family members, the people who work for his foundation. That's who he's formulating a plan with, obviously, because the Nets have admitted several times since training camp opened that they don't know when Kyrie will be available or if he plans to get vaccinated. If Kyrie has a plan, he hasn't shared it with the Nets. Once upon a time, the Chicago Bulls won a championship with a wild card by the name of Dennis Rodman. The distinction was the rest of the team was locked solid and the team leaders, Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan, and the head coach were all united in how they wanted to handle Dennis. They also had a collective understanding of what it took to win titles. So they knew exactly how much rope they could give Dennis when they needed him. And so when he took his famous in-season jaunt to Vegas, he didn't just go. He went with the blessing of Phil, Scotty, and Michael. And Phil, Scotty, and Michael were all on the same page. It was the example of team leadership intentionally playing a wild card. That's not what is going on with the Nets. They know there's a wild card in their deck. They just don't know when it's going to show up. LeBron James is known for quoting Pat Riley, who is known for quoting the late motivational speaker Stephen Covey when it comes to the line, Keep the main thing the main thing. It means essentially stay focused on your priority. If your goal is to win a championship, then everything you do has to be geared toward achieving that goal. Kyrie is clearly not keeping the main thing the main thing if that thing is winning a championship. You can't save the world and win an NBA title. Both are massive undertakings. And in the case of the NBA, there are too many players and teams that are not trying to save the world that are gunning for that title too. The tough part of this is that this should be a special year for Durant. His performance at the Tokyo Olympics has set him up as the MVP favorite among GMs at least, based on the annual survey that just came out. He got 37% of the GM votes with Luka Doncic next at 33% and Giannis Antetokounmpo third at 13%. I get the sense that as of right now, KD is very much keeping the main thing the main thing. I know he has outside interests, business interests and whatnot, but he has the look of someone hungry to prove he's the best player in the league and can lead a team to a title. And that's something that he has yet to prove. Now that word lead a team to a title, that's the tricky part, especially with Kyrie part of that team. By all accounts, they have a friendship that goes beyond basketball. 
but so did Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. And at one point, Dwayne had to tell LeBron what was up. It was after they lost to Dallas in the finals and before they won their two rings. And it was because Dwayne told LeBron what was up, I'd contend, that they ended up winning rings. Is KD willing to do that with Kyrie? That I don't know. All I know is, quite clearly, he hasn't done it yet. Now, 72% of the GMs had the Nets winning the title this year in their survey. I'd love to know exactly when the survey was taken because I find it hard to believe a few of them haven't had their minds changed by the last last week of Kyrie drama. And for what it's worth, 81% had the Lakers winning it last year after having what the GMs also deemed in the survey the most successful offseason of any team. And we know where all that got them and ultimately what those off-season moves produced. It knocked them out, got them knocked out in the first round. What I'm saying is the GMs or the survey isn't foolproof as a prognostication of future events. And in this case, because of everything that's going on with Kyrie, I'd say their prediction is outright foolish. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United WeCast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. In the next episode, I uh, am thinking about talking about DeAndre Ayton and where he stands with the Phoenix Suns. I've actually been planning on delving into my excitement in seeing DeAndre play this year and where I think he ranks among the big men and uh, as a teaser I'm disappointed that there's a contract issue there Uh, I'll go into it further in the next episode but in the meantime as always thanks for listening Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.